Welcome to the Style Free Podcast, where a father and son detail and digress on a wide variety of topics within music, art, family, and culture. Your hosts are Professor Stephen J. Tyson Sr. and Jr., also known as Dad and Papa. In today's episode, we recap the Easter Sunday versus battle between the Isley Brothers and Earth, Wind and Fire, hosted by Steve Harvey. So that versus happened <laughs> this past yeah. Sunday. Man, that was something. That was, you know, it was supposed to be a battle, you know, battle, but it was, it was a love fest. That's what it was, a four-hour yeah, sure. love fest. You know, and it was great to see them uh, and all the love, you know, that was coming from, well, Steve Harvey. I mean, because he did it with with pure love. So, you know, that that goes back a long way. Uh, Mm -hmm. And also the Isleys, you know, Mm -hmm. you you Mm -hmm. could just feel. And then to learn that the Isleys and Earth, Wind and Fire have known each other, you know, all over the years and 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 that. you know, they have certain connections, you know, familial connections and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't know Philip Bailey was Ronald Isley's brother-in-law. Like <laughs> <laughs> that was mind blowing. I was like, so like, yeah, to learn little yeah, Easter eggs or little, you know, gems like that was really- right. Right. And, and, and about learning to, to change diapers, you know, Ron learning to change diapers, from, <laughs> you know, one of them, I forget Verdine or, or, or Philip, you know, I mean, mm-hmm, it was just, mm-hmm. uh, it was just really lovely. And then to yeah. see Ron, Ron, um, Ron, and um, Candy's son there too. I mean, how he's grown. I wow. mean, it was, yeah. You know, it was it was real family atmosphere. I mean, the only thing that I had some concern with was um, that everybody, you know, nobody was wearing a mask that I could see. Everybody was not was in close proximity so mm-hmm. the people coming up to the stage and the after party and that sort of thing especially uh and i just felt that that the the message of that love that was overflowing um could have also been extended in terms of a kind of public service announcement or <laughs> a little quote saying you know um you know we've all been tested and yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and now you go out there and you know mask up and you know like don't do this at home you know kind of <laughs> right exactly. yeah my presumption was that they were all covid tested and everybody was safe but to at least make an acknowledgement of it yeah because you know yeah. you got you know folks in their 80s literally on stage or at mm-hmm. least pushing 80 um, pushing 80 yeah, yeah yeah and so i just thought that that could have been done in the beginning the middle during the break and at the end, you know, we're all we're all excited to get together with folks again. But but we have to be you know, we have to also use common sense. You know, we also have to follow the science. So, you know, we'll get there if we if we all, you know, stay mindful and uh, and responsible. Now, that aside, um, <laughs> I thought that that video uh, friends and family was just it was so it was so it's so needed, you yeah. know, that feeling. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. coming together, you know, we've been through some difficult times, but, you know, now we're back together or we're coming together and, you know, it's very uplifting, very, yeah. very uplifting. And to see uh, Ron in, in, in um, I know he's had some health challenges, uh, you know, but to see him in looking in good form, singing well. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Ernie there. By Ernie was line. killing it. Ernie was killing it. His, you know, his solos during that verses, incredible. Oh. Man, he oh, was man. taking it to another. I mean, to see somebody in their seventies, you know, going off playing with their teeth, playing behind the back, 
you know, with these mm-hmm. custom, you know, immaculate looking guitars. It was just, you know, for somebody who was also left off the Billboard, or not the Billboard, the Rolling Stone, you know, 100th greatest guitarist of all time, left off that list. Yeah. You know, he he yeah. definitely stood his claim, you know, to say, you know, I, I am here. No, that uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Playing behind the back, playing with his teeth, you know, I mean, just he was just bringing out stuff nobody was expecting, you know, because he's been so under seen, underappreciated. Um, I mean, here's a guy who Jimi Hendrix was 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 with him in his house, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. as a kid. Uh, Ernie is, um, I think he's around, I think he's 70 this year or he's pushing 70, you know, but the point is, and then all these years, uh, I have one recording that he did. He was singing on that as well, you know? And so when, when Steve said, you know, everybody up here can sing, everybody up here can sing, you know, you know, he was, he was really pushing in the fact that, that, uh, these individuals are multi-talented, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they can do a number of different things, you know, mm-hmm. so they're bringing something to the table that can inspire uh, other generations, following generations, you know, that put putting in the work. And, um, and back in the day, you know, of course, entertainers had to be able to do a number of different things, you know, the, some of them were known as maybe film stars, but they got that way by going through vaudeville by mm-hmm. um, tap dancing or hoofing, uh, you know, singing, you know, they had to be able to be flexible to wherever the opportunities were. Yeah. So, you know, that's, it's kind of coming through that tradition that these guys are, um, you know, pushing forward. But anyway, it was great to see the songs, you know, the hits. Yeah. I mean, four hours wasn't enough <laughs> you know, just, to, just to cover, you know, uh, I, I love, you know, they, they would do things like, um, like love the one you're with and uh and then that's the way of the world and mm-hmm. this old heart of mine you know we were talking yep. about the uh the motown you know minute the motown minute that uh the isley brothers had mm-hmm. uh and then and they, get, they locked into that motown sound too that holland dozier holland, holland. Sound. yeah yeah <laughs> they did they did you know they were right there with it and, you know which brings to mind um we're going to be talking about um you know a number of different things here but um, uh, songwriting um, is so, so, I think, you know, we know about the stars, the people who were in front, you know, on the stage or in front of the camera and videos and stuff like that. But the songwriters are really, really, um, I think, sometimes underappreciated. Yeah. I didn't know Ernie wrote so many of those songs, too. Yes. Yes. Incredible. You know, uh, one of them being... Um, you know, at your best, mm-hmm. you know, which is I, I the, the two my two favorite songs. I think I mentioned this last time uh, were at your best and harvest for the world. Yeah. Harvest for the world. I love that song. It was cool hearing uh, Ralph and Earth, Wind and Fire comment on how he loved the chord changes in harvest for the world and how it's just such a beautiful song. It really is. It's, you know, like how the song sounds. It almost feels like a, a spring summer day. And, and, you know, you're just looking forward to positivity. Which is interesting because, um, you know, he said nation after nations, you know, turning into beasts. Mm-hmm. Well, when will there be a harvest for the world? Mm-hmm. So it's bringing a certain reality, you know, to the situation. But, but at the same time, it also has that forward trajectory, like, you know, like a, 
uh, there is that that light, you know, at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You know? And it's not a train. <laughs> and that know? Ernie wrote most of those lyrics and uh, like, it, you know, he's. <laughs> so, he, so, so, so there you go again. You know, he sing, he sings, he, 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 he is writing these, these great lyrics, you know, whether it's a romantic ballad or whether it's a kind of, um, you know, social consciousness statement. Yeah. Uh, and as a guitarist, you know, as you were saying before, I mean, he is just um, absolutely incredible. Why he is not on that list is criminal. You know, put him in rock, put him in R&B, whatever category you want. I mean, as a guitarist, he's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely phenomenal. And um, there was a song talking about the social aspect of it. We were talking about uh, uh, earlier, uh, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire and higher consciousness and, you know, um, that sense of, you know, rising to your, your full potential, you know, going within, yeah. you know, rising up. And uh, the Isley brothers with, you know, fight the power and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another but, but, Ernie Isley. <laughs> 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 but, you know, back, back um, in the early seventies, the Isley brothers had an album. I think the album was called giving it back. And on there, they had a song called Ohio which was based off the Crosby, Stills and Nash, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, I believe, song, mm-hmm. um, which was a response to the um, the uh, students that were killed at Kent State. Uh, oh, wow. Back in 19... I, I remember uh, when that when that happened, you know, and, uh, and, you know, it was on the radio and everything that, you know, students who were anti-war activists were, were shot by the National Guard that had been sent out. You were 14 at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or turning 14. How, how, how did that affect you as a teenager? It, it, it was devastating because first of all, I'm, I'm a student, I'm not an older student, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I'm, not, I'm in junior high school, but I'd lived through already the assassination of, of President Kennedy. I remember mm-hmm. coming home uh, and uh, your grandmother crying and they sent us home from school, I remember um, Malcolm, you know, had been had been assassinated. I remember Bobby Kennedy, of course, Martin Luther King, and then Bobby Kennedy, and and other. I mean, there was just you know one thing after another, and uh, and then this situation. Um, it, it just really was another blow. It felt like an attack, mm. you know, that that young people, you know, this generation was being attacked. Mm-hmm. You know, the aspirations that that were embodied in people like Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King, you know, and, and many young people who had those aspirations, it was like another blow. You know, you had Fred Hampton. There was a, yeah, just it was a five months prior to the yeah. state shootings. Yeah. So it was just like, you know, one thing, I mean, the, the, there was a lot of turmoil going on. Mm-hmm. So that's what it felt. It was like one, one other uh, thing, you know, to deal with and contend with and sort mm-hmm. of navigate your way through. But um but even for the kids who are who are older, you know, the college students, you know, who are out there on the campuses, mm-hmm. that literally, you know, they they their lives were were in jeopardy potentially. You know? Yeah, and that definitely connects to today, and very much so, mm-hmm. in how everybody's out protesting and you know raising their voices for what's right and human rights, you know, specifically Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. protecting Asian and Asian Pacific Islanders. You know, there's a whole lot of voice and, you know, you know, protest that's going on out there right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was really great to 
have a moment of celebration amid a pandemic, amid, you know, a race-demic, you know, amid all these things that are happening. And, you know, here we are able to take four hours on an Easter Sunday, you know, a day that's a moment of uh, resurrection. There you go. There you go. I was just going to say that. We're able to then, you know, whether it's communicating and connecting with family or just, you know, reminiscing on your own experiences growing up or, you know, all those different moments, you know, if it's just one of those like cleaning the house on a Saturday morning kind of vibes, you know, everything Mm -hmm. is encompassed within the four hours that both Earth, Wind & Fire and the Isley Brothers gave us. So you lived through a lot of turmoil throughout the 60s and the 70s and you know, I've, I've definitely lived through a lot of turmoil in 2000s, 2010s, 2020s. And, you know, this music is still here to, to still give us a sense of comfort and a sense of hope. Yeah. You know, and it, just as it did, you know, for your generation is doing for mine. And it's interesting, too, like even using phrases like your generation versus my generation or, uh, you know, and, and Steve Harvey was addressing a lot of this in his commentary, you know, mm-hmm. around, oh, like young folks, this and, you know, old folks that and, you know, trying to you know, almost creating a divide with, you know, generations. But what I've been thinking about, you know, in reflecting on that was that we're all alive at the same time. Mm-hmm. So right. the generations that we're referring to are really the experiences and the way the world was in existence during our comeuppance, you know, yeah. and during during our you know growth into adulthood. And then it's mm-hmm. like once you hit that, you know, theoretical plateau of like adulthood, you know, after you know adolescence and growing up, you know, things of that nature, then it's like you know, then that, that was my generation back then. And you're growing up right now. So this is your generation. And like generations seem to be defined as the moments when people were growing up, so to speak. Yeah. As though you're stopping as though, as though there's a cap on your growth at a certain age (laughs) or as though we're not all in existence (laughs) living together. Right. I think it was, um, you know, some individuals used to say back in the back in the day, uh, <laughs> uh, don't trust anyone over 30, you know, back in the 60s and old people would say that kind of thing. And and the point is, is that, well, are you saying that you stop growing, that you, um, you know, like your generation? Well, like you like you said, you're living now. I'm living now. So when, when I say back in my day, well, wait a minute, this is your day. Mm hmm. Are you still, you know, learning? Are you still growing? Are you still, you know, is is life and and learning a, a process that ends at a certain marker, you know, that says, okay, you're 30 or you're 35, and so that's it. You're an adult now, so therefore, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I I agree with you. I, I think there are artificial kinds of barriers and things that 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 we set up uh going back to steve uh harvey i just i do feel that there was certain maybe a little bit of shade there from <laughs> at, at at hip-hop but i think it was sort of like somebody who's trying to say in in his own very passionate way you know and in his own style you know like you guys need to pay attention to this because don't lose the connection don't right. lose the connection right you know i think that's where his heart 
was. That's he, definitely where his heart seemed to be, but it it, it came <laughs> off very condescending. <laughs> well, and then also he he made some comment about um, you know now guys are dancing with with other guys and yeah yeah he he's know, definitely and you I was know, like wait a minute now right. you know so there's a bit of that you know homophobic uh, element yep, there yep yep. And so I, I felt that 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 okay, you know what? I, at that point, I was ready to just hear the music and and. I think everybody was. That's why I'm <laughs> taking that break. And you then alle- allegedly, Swizz Beats had a quick conversation with Steve. And then when they came back, that's when you noticed it was all just them just doing their hits. <laughs> and Steve was just sitting down quiet for like a half hour. And yeah, then finally, yeah. you know, you started to see Ralph and, you know, Ernie and all these folks started to be like, come on, Steve, like get back into it. Because <laughs> he's definitely put on timeout. After he started you right, know, right, right. dancing around in, in homophobic, you know, language and territory, which was completely Ooh. unnecessary. No, no, it definitely wasn't necessary. You know, I mean, and I, I thought that, you know, I guess if we're going to get into it a little bit. I know he knows Ron Isley and they go back, you know, a, a bit. And, uh, you know, but when he took Ron's coat and he started walking around. And- Yo, I was like, wow, he's disrespecting Ron's coat. Like, I was like, yeah. I was like, I know yeah. you have money, Steve, but... Yeah. You just don't take another man's coat no. and start costuming it. No, no, no. Like that's you know, yeah. we because he, you know, he's talking about having, you know, we we all got our pimp gear here mm-hmm, and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Now, 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 the other component was the smoking of the cigars. Now, on TV shows, nobody smokes because anymore, anymore. You know, I mean, it's just you know for health reasons. You know, I mean, not everybody on there smokes. Now, I know in the after party, Philip Bailey pulled out his cigar. You know. Yeah, and I'm sure. So I'm sure he also probably cleared that at some point, being like, "Yo, if I fire up a cigar, y'all cool," and everybody was fine with that. Is my assumption. I guess but, I, I would say so. Anyway, anyway, but but the point is, is that the message that it sends well, about who, smoking, for example. Oh, well, I don't know. You got a little cigar. You're you're cooling out with some whiskey. You vibing. You know, you got the Osleys going. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, anyway, that's just my my yeah. my little thing. I mean, yeah, you, you gotta you know drink but, right for the for 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 health and uh, you know I just, <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean you know with people on that stage there with their health challenges and all. <laughs> no, right now, if you know Ronald started hacking up a lung sitting next to Steve, <laughs> then it would have been cause for concern. But you know, I mean, you know has had strokes, and you know, I mean, you know, and you know, so the blood circulatory system has to be right, and you know, you up there smoking cigarette cigars, and I don't know. But anyway, let's 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 jump off of that. I will, <laughs> but you know, when I was thinking about songs like Footsteps. Mm-hmm. You know, great song by the Isleys. And then, you know, thinking about how um, I think it was the song A, a Nice Day uh, by Ice Cube. Oh, today was a good day. It was a good today day. Today was a good yeah, day. Yeah. Right, right. You know, taken from from that, yep. uh, you know, talking about the influence, you know, of these groups. <laughs> I so, like the fact that you, I got to go back. I like the fact that you said a nice day. <laughs> you know, like I get to see like Ice Cube rolling in a 6'4 polygon today was a nice day (laughs) (laughs) you know with that scowl on his face (laughs) you know all in all it's pretty pleasant pretty pleasant (laughs) actually it was quite spectacular (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, but anyway, well, I can't remember the names of all the songs. No, I know, I know, you know, I know. You know what I mean? I mean, you're like a walking encyclopedia. Like it's it's impressive all the stuff that you do retain and continue to. Yeah, well, you know, some of the pages are missing, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but to hear the influence, the continuing impact, you know, I'm I'm sure because uh, D Nice in the uh, uh, break. Mm-hmm. He played some songs, you know, that were inspired by Earth, Wind, and Fire, and yeah, Queen Penn's "Party Game a Party." That, oh man, that's one of the best dun, samples. Dun, dun. I yep. remember that dun, dun, dun. Uh, from uh, "On Your Face." Oh man, oh man, that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that that the way that that I, I I don't know the best way to describe it musically, you know, with all the theory or the you know the technicality behind it, mm-hmm. but just the way that. The drum and the bass in that, and and the way they they lock in. I mean, the, the, like it's, it's the groove is just incessant on that song. Oh yeah, it's it's beautiful, absolutely on point, on point. And uh, so there you got Earth, Wind, and Fire. You got the eyes. Everybody's being represented, you know, in one way or another. And and that that link is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great to see the people who were you know, who were, who were chiming in. I mean, yeah, because EWF and Isley's, they touch everybody. Everybody, everybody. everybody. I mean, it was, it's cool too. Like, you know, I, we posted up the first episode talking about this whole verses. And then if you're listening on SoundCloud, it'll transition right into the next song. And mm. for a lot of folks, that next song was by an artist named T Hawkins. Mm. And it transitioned to his mm. song called Switch Lanes, which happened to sample Isley Brothers' Choosy Lover. So here you ah. go from listening to this breakdown <laughs> of Earth, Wind & Fire and the Isley Brothers right into a song that yeah. samples Choosy Lover. It was just, you know, the, the Isleys and EWF are everywhere touching so many folks across generations, even though we know generations mm-hmm. are a relative term. So. That's right. That's right. And uh, and then the, the, he also, D-Nice, put on uh, Salt and Pepper, you know? Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. Had the, now, I don't remember the exact name of the song, but it was uh, Shake Your Thing. Um, Take your thing out, do what you want to do. Um, that's, yeah, that's the name of the song. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's It's Your Thing, you know? By by the Isley Brothers. That, right. that song was produced by a producer named Herbie Herbie Lovebug. Oh, Herbie Love, yeah, yeah, yeah. He worked with Kid and Play too. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But it also has Funky President. Mm, James I, uh, Brown's James Funky Brown. President. Yeah, yeah. But um, I remember when uh, Stevie Wonder had a special off of the Characters uh, album that he had. I think it came out in '87 or so. And uh, and and among his guests were um, Stevie Ray Vaughan, but also Salt and Pepper, and and Salt and Pepper came on there with Herbie. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I remember it was. I think it was a special on VH1 or something like that. Hmm. Um, man, I'd love to see that episode again, uh, particularly with Stevie Ray Vaughan. That's that's another conversation for another time. You know, incredible, incredible uh, blues guitarist. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll definitely do an episode on blues guitarists and, you know, dive into a whole lot of those folks, too. Yeah. And 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 also that just to go back for a minute to that song, uh, Shake Your Thing, it has that go-go thing. So you're thinking about groups like EU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, with the butt. That's right. I think it's Spike's movie, right? Yeah, it was in school days. And then, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of the, the so many HBCU anthems that exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah, and the ballads, man. You know, here we go again. And uh, oh, I mean, I could just go on and on. I mean, it mm-hmm. was just, you know, um, I'll write a song. 
mm-hmm. you know, where Phillips, you know, vocals just ascend, you know, yeah. I mean, they just ascend. I think the, the one song though, I mentioned this before, this is a little off from the, from the, uh, uh, that love fest, but uh, imagination is one of my favorite uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire songs with Philip. Hmm. I don't think uh, they played that one during the the battle. No, they didn't play it. And and to me, that groove and the way that 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 the vocals ascend and ride like a wave at the end of the mm-hmm. song, they just it just keeps soaring. It just keeps reaching. You know, there's this sense of the choir in some of Earth, Wind and Fire's songs, uh, particularly at the end. And it's just amazing, amazing to hear. And a lot of that, you know, is, is comes from Charles Stepney, this master orchestrator, writer, arranger. There's just so many things to say about Charles Stepney yeah. uh, that, that hasn't been said. I mean, I mean, a book should be written about him. You know, a full length documentary should be done, you know, about his life. Uh, he's working with Denise Williams, working with, um, uh, who else did he work with? Uh, I think he worked with, um, well, he worked, of course, with Rotary Connection, which which included um, Minnie Ripperton, you know, the mother of um, uh, Maya Rudolph, the uh, actress, comedian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and her, her father, Dick Rudolph. You know? <laughs> and uh, Minnie was just amazing. You know, all those different octaves that she could, she could reach. And I remember somebody... Um, once told me that the reason why, uh, uh, you know, Charles Stepney with the, I think in the Open open Our Eyes uh, recording by Earth, Wind and Fire used a synthesizer. And um, he heard in Minnie's voice, because she could reach those high octaves, it was like she was a theremin. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the, uh, that instrument with the, like you're almost like they're playing the air. That that's right. You can uh, you can affect the, um, the 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 frequencies and the wavelengths on this electronic machine by moving your hands in different directions, and you can create a song, a melody with with just by the movement of your hands. The theremin, created by Leon Theremin. <laughs> there is various songs. You know, when you think about those science fiction movies, the nineteen forties and fifties that have those eerie, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yep. know, that's a theremin. Okay. And and he invented this uh, you know, back in the 1920s, I believe. And his his uh partner or wife at one point was um a black woman who was a dancer. Uh, I believe she was from Harlem. And Leon Theremin created this uh floorboard where when she this is what I read. I'm you know, I can't verify this, you know, exactly, but when she would dance on certain parts of the floor, it would have different sounds that went to it. And this is back in the 1930s, okay? Uh, And then at some point he was spirited away to the uh, Soviet Union. I think he was uh, imprisoned there for a period of time. And then the two of them rejoined like 40 years later, you know, 50 years later. So that's another love story, interesting story I'd like to learn more about. But the point is, is that I thought about um, Big. I think it was the Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, where they're dancing on the piano. (laughs) Yes, the piano. And I said, wait a minute. That's sort of like what Leon Thurman was doing with, uh, you know, his his wife or or his partner. Wow. Anyway, that's a little off topic. But (laughs) uh, 
but this <laughs> idea of the of the use of the synthesizer mm-hmm. you know, and 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 in r and b music and so forth, well, you know that goes back to of course Stevie Wonder in the seventies mm-hmm. you know with um uh being exposed to uh the music of of uh, the late the recently departed Malcolm Cecil and Robert Margaleff, mm-hmm. you know Tonto's expanding headband. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, had a copy of that album, and uh, he said, "Man, you know, I want to work with you guys." Booked a room, uh, uh, the I think it was the Electric Lady Studio, where Jimi mm-hmm. Hendrix had been, and uh, just just went for it. And uh, the rest is like landmark, you know, classic, quote unquote, Stevie. Yeah, and that, and today you have uh, folks like Mike Dean helping to continue to push the sonics of synthesizers into new generations into you know mm-hmm. new ears and new audiences and having folks appreciate you know the history and the legacy of the Moog and other types of synthesizers that have you know created and shaped the soundscape of so much of the music that we've appreciated over the last few decades yeah yeah and and of course you had um, the clavinet you know mm-hmm. yeah people like herbie experimenting with with electronic keyboards you know at um, at the prompting of miles mm-hmm you know, who's who's making that transition, you know, toward uh, the more electronic uh, sound. Uh, yeah, absolutely. A lot, a lot of, lot of interesting things and a lot of intersections, you know, between the music of the Isley Brothers um, and Earth, Wind and Fire and the culture and how they're using technology in various ways, you know, to advance uh, the lyrics and, and, uh, and the music and, uh, you know, helping the culture to move forward in, in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep these conversations going. And looks like we've got some other topics and things to dive into in the future, too. So great recap. And yeah, yeah looking forward yeah, to the next verses. <laughs> so, so, so much more to say, but uh, we'll, we'll leave it there for now. It's great talking with you as always. Likewise, Dad. Okay, Pop. Okay.